Hello and welcome to another episode of No Country for Old Meg. These episodes are coming to you from Tokyo, Japan. Today I'm going to talk about the do's and don'ts of being in Japan because Japan is a notoriously rule abiding society and they'll often overlook the occasional faux pas from foreigners. But you're still kind of expected to respect and follow their rules. No one wants to look like a really obvious, ignorant tourist. So the population of Japan is around 127 million, I think. And only 1.5% of that are expats. So they have a pretty low expat population. In contrast, Ireland's expat population is at about 12%. So I think given that the population is 98.5% Japanese... The country is expected to continue following the traditions and customs from years ago. So because Japan is so enthusiastic about following rules, it, it does make quite like a harmonious society. At first, it can be a little bit intimidating because you're not really sure how to act or you're not really sure what's allowed and what isn't allowed. And if you're being really rude completely by accident or if you're doing something embarrassing. I think a good example of this at home is like during the summer when certain foreign students all come to Ireland with their matching backpacks and take up really large public spaces, are really noisy and all try to get on the bus at once and it really annoys the locals. But these students, I don't think they realise that they're doing something wrong or that they're being rude or that what they're doing is generally frowned upon because to them it's just normal behaviour. So a lot of things that tourists do here feels like normal behaviour to us but can also be something that is like despicable in the eyes of the Japanese. I think the most obvious place to spot foreigners is on the train. Trains here have their own set of rules. So often in the carriages, there's posters that say, please do not speak on your phone or keep your phone on silent mode. And it's actually written in English. So I think it's probably to remind tourists. And because of this, the trains are almost completely silent. Like even the train stations, which are so full of people, are completely silent. Sometimes the stations actually play like bird noises when you're leaving the station, which is actually quite nice. Or they play like a kind of magical music sound at each stop. But even if the carriage is completely full and they get really, really full. I mean, last week I was getting the last train home because I think they stop at about 12.31 and... Um, Everyone obviously had the same idea going from the city centre for the last trains after work on a Friday. Someone's arm was literally resting on my boob and it was just out of lack of space. But it still sounds as if it's completely empty because it's just silence. Trains are something that I was actually quite worried about because I had seen those videos on YouTube of um, the trains in Tokyo where men wearing white gloves have to literally push everybody into the trains like sardines. And well, I haven't experienced that exactly. I've actually gotten really used to being crushed up against people. It just becomes so normal. Everyone's in the same situation. But like I said, the train carriage can sound like it's empty just because it's so silent. And in the mornings, it kind of reminds me of a scene from 1984, just the silent trudge of people going up the steps on their way to work. So train etiquette includes not speaking on the phone and being comfortable with being crushed up against people. But other behaviours that are not allowed uh, are blowing your nose. Apparently it's like extremely rude to blow your nose on the train. So often you can hear a lot of sniffing. So people just keep sniffing until they get to their stop when they can blow their nose. You're not supposed to eat on the train. Drinking is allowed, but eating 
not allowed. Sleeping on the train. Trains are basically like Japanese people's second beds, as my supervisor at work told me. It's completely normal to see people fast asleep. I actually get this kind of like secondhand anxiety where I'm really worried that they won't wake up in time and they'll miss their spot. A colleague told me that he recently was on the train and it stopped and the guy beside him woke up, looked at, looked around him, grabbed his bag and ran out of the train, only to turn around a minute later, get back into the carriage and resume his sleep once he realised that he had run out at the wrong stop. Not only on trains, but people seem to sleep everywhere. I mean, in Starbucks, in convenience stores, standing up on the trains... Recently, I saw a guy, he had his phone in his hand and he had fallen asleep and it slipped out of his hand onto the ground and I just kind of picked it up and put it back in his hand and I just find this so amazing because think of like Dublin, if you were on the Lewis, you fell asleep and your phone was sitting in your hand, I mean, it would be gone. I actually tried to teach the term pickpocketing to my students a couple of weeks ago and they just found it really shocking because it doesn't happen here. I mean, I could be on the train, which is really full, with my handbag, like, sitting open, and I wouldn't worry about about my purse or my phone or anything. I don't know whether it's from society being really respectful or just so rule-abiding that they know it's wrong to steal. Another thing that I've tried to explain to my students is um, small talk. And especially being Irish, I mean, people make small talk constantly and consistently. And it's something that I usually miss when I go abroad, I remember feeling so excited in Spain when my level of Spanish got to be good enough to actually make small talk in cafes. It feels kind of like you fit in a little more and that you belong somewhere, if that makes sense. But yeah, I tried to explain to my students that in Ireland, if you go into a shop, the cashier will probably ask you about the weather outside. And my students were so stunned because they just couldn't understand this. A few of them are going to America after Christmas and they said, I asked them, you know, what are you expecting to be most surprised by? And they said, talking to strangers. Because here it's actually seen as a little bit rude to make eye contact with people on the streets because it's seen as like invading personal space. I mean, especially being from Donegal, it's hard for me not to say hello to people in my neighbourhood. When I worked in Bundoran during the summer, it would be like a 10 minute cycle to work. And during that cycle, I would wave in at the cafes that I usually go to, shout hello to the neighbour who's walking past. The postman would usually pop his head out the window of his van to shout good morning. So I always have to kind of check myself when I move somewhere new and remind myself that that's not normal. So now at the start of my classes, I put small talk topic on the board and give them a topic that they have to make small talk with each other about for five minutes. So it can be anything from how was your weekend to what superhero power would you have if you could? Or what animal would you be if you could be an animal? It just seems really funny that things like eye contact is seen as being kind of rude because you're in someone's personal space. But yet you could be on the trains where, like I said, your head could be in someone's armpit and no one takes any heed. Another thing that's kind of difficult when I move somewhere new is knowing how to greet people. In Ireland, usually it's a handshake with a new colleague or a boss or something. In France, it's one kiss on each cheek. In Spain, I went for the handshake with my boss the first time I met him, and he went for the one kiss on the cheek, and we sort of ended up kind of like awkwardly banging into each other and then both pretending that nothing had happened. In Japan, however, they might shake your hand if they know you're a foreigner, but what you're supposed to do is bow, 
So men put their hands by their sides and women put their hands crossed in front of their lap and you bow kind of from the waist down so you keep your back straight. The funny thing about this is when the first person will bow and the next person will bow back but if the first person bows again the next person will bow again and it becomes this kind of standoff of bowing which I find really funny to watch sometimes because you see people saying thank you or goodbye and just repeatedly bowing. It's seen again as you know, a sign of respect. And often they do it in shops when they give you back your change, they bow to you and you kind of bow back. And it's something that I've found quite hard to get into the habit of actually. So often I find myself doing a kind of bow with my head, not from my back, because I'm never quite sure when I'm supposed to bow or if it's supposed to be just like an acknowledgement bow. Either way, you're basically expected to be as polite as possible at all times. Often I find myself saying thank you about five times within one transaction at a cafe. So you order, say thank you, say please and then thank you. Um, they take the money, they say thank you. They give you your change, you say thank you. They give you your drink or your order, they say thank you, you say thank you again. Once you've packed up your purse and put it into your bag and walk away, you say thank you again. Bow. It's quite an ordeal actually. <laughs> but in some ways it's actually really nice because again in Spain I remember being told so many times don't say please or thank you you know it's so obvious then that you're a foreigner and you're not supposed to do it you can just say coffee when you're ordering but even though I knew that you're not supposed to say please and thank you I just I can't not do it I don't know what it is maybe it's like the catholic shame that I just have to say please and thank you so even in Spanish I would purposely say por favor and then gracias like a million times they give me my change I say gracias uh, I give them money, I say thank you. They give me the coffee, I say thank you. I leave, they say thank you. In smaller towns, they're kind of amused by this. They're kind of laughing at you, but, you know, they say thank you back and they say goodbye. I mean, I got used to not saying, can I please have a coffee? And I would just say, coffee, please. But even then, that just felt really rude to me. Because in Ireland, that would seem extremely rude. Other things that I was warned about in advance that would seem totally normal to us, but that I can't do here, were sitting on the floor for any reason. If I needed to get something off the bottom shelf in a classroom, for example, I can't sit or kneel on the floor. Uh, it's seen as like extremely rude, and I'm supposed to just kind of like get on my hunkers and take out a book. Also, sitting on tables. You don't realise how much you actually sit on a table until someone tells you that you can't do it. So anytime I go to kind of lean on a table... I almost have to stop myself and kind of awkwardly pass it off as just kind of stopping for a second and then continue walking. A lot of these weird rules are just mostly about respect, I think. For example, in restaurants, you don't tip because it's seen as disrespectful. Uh, you're not supposed to count your change in front of them because it looks like you don't think that they can count properly. I mean, recently in a bar, I thought that she had just forgotten to give me my change because she hadn't given me the 100 yen back and she looked distracted. And 100 yen, like I said, it's about 80 cent, so I didn't worry too much about it. And I went outside and a minute later she actually came running after me to give me the change. Also in bars, when you're doing cheers, they say campai. In French, they often say chin chin. However, do not say that in Japan because apparently it's another word for penis here. So stick with campai or cheers. Japan is also known for being really clean, which is definitely true. You very rarely see rubbish, but you also rarely see bins. It's really hard to find a bin. 
So you're kind of expected to carry your rubbish with you or like put it in like a little bag or put it in your handbag or backpack. They're super strict about this. Everyone is expected to separate the rubbish into seven different bins, which is massively confusing for me because the instructions and the list are in Japanese and my Google Translate was once again no help whatsoever with trying to help me decide what days I'm supposed to put out what bin, what I can put in some bins, burnable, non-burnable. So they're really strict about this and if you haven't put out the right bin on the right day, they just won't collect it. So it kind of sits there. There's like this big cage outside for my apartment block where everyone just puts in their plastic bags. But sometimes I just put it all in one and hope for the best because I have no idea what to do. But what I've realized is they're so strict about their rubbish, but their use of plastic here is outrageous. I have never seen so much plastic being used in my life. Every time you buy something, even if it's just a bottle of water, they will give you a plastic bag for it. So I've learned to say, it's okay, thanks. I don't need a bag. I mean, I've only discovered that in the past two or three weeks. So I have two like shelves in my cupboard full of plastic bags. Everything is wrapped in plastic. Things that don't need to be wrapped in plastic are wrapped in plastic. If you buy a multi-pack of something, they're all individually wrapped in plastic. It's actually amazing the amount that they use, yet they're so strict about their bins, which is something I just don't understand. And as well as that, people don't seem that concerned about the environment. I think it's a case where on a personal level, People don't know an awful lot about recycling or they don't know a lot about climate change. But on a government level, the government actually take care of it. They just say, split up your bins, we'll take care of it, don't worry. I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg of social etiquette in Japan and I'm 100% sure that I really only know some of it. I mean, there's a really good chance that I'm still doing stuff that's really embarrassing, but that I have no idea that I'm doing. And I guess over time, I'll start to learn more and I'll probably look back and cringe at things I used to do here, thinking that it was okay. So realistically, there will probably be a second episode later on about social etiquette in Japan and the do's and don'ts. So don't forget, we are now on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. If you do like it, please leave a rating on iTunes. That would be great. And next week, I haven't decided what I'm going to talk about yet. So stay tuned. <laughs>